Hello, Jordan. What's going on, Michael? How you feeling? I'm sick, bro. I haven't been sick like this in years. Man, I can hear it. You got that like kind of sickness that makes my eyes water. I apologize <laughs> for that. I wouldn't want to burden you with this. <laughs> but hey, we just got got in a really good mentorship Q&A with a lot of good questions. And, uh, and we're getting the weekly uploads in. It was today or it wasn't going to happen this week. And we're hitting the podcast because it's 2022 and we just don't miss weeks. Yeah. You got to gotta respect the uh, the determination from you to get this one in because you easily could have been like, no, not doing it. I'm sick. But you you were really pushing for this episode. So this is this is this is a new life. I don't I don't like making these public declarations, but we don't do things like miss weeks anymore. That's just not what we're about. Uh, something somewhat funny happened to me this morning and I feel like I'm pretty bad at telling funny stories in general. And, no, and you're being not. funny. You're good. Okay. You're you're super okay. funny. Thanks, Dale. You're the best. <laughs> um, I so I, you know, my girl's also very sick, and uh, I went to get her Sudafed from Walgreens this morning because I felt like I, I'm like kind of anti-medication when I'm sick for a variety of reasons. I like to like know how I'm actually feeling. Anyway, I went to Walgreens and. I got the Sudafed and got to the cashier and there was kind of a line. So I'm waiting and I get up to her and this woman's probably, she's probably like 40, maybe like early forties and like shorter, like just a nice looking like woman with a mask on, smiley Midwestern girl. And uh, I said like, Hey, how are you? And she was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, your voice. You could call me every single morning. Like I would, <laughs> and, I was, and I'm just looking at her and I got this, I got this like cough medicine and this like Sudafed. And in my mind, I like sound sick. And yeah, she's like, do. oh, you, she's like, you must hear that all the time. That voice, <laughs> like if you could just call me when I wake up every morning. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, is this lady hitting on me right now? <laughs> Very confused. And and I didn't even say anything. I just like smiled and she's like ringing me up. And then she like looks at me and she just starts giggling uncontrollably. I'm like, this is very uncomfortable. <laughs> you do have that like deep, deep, like very attractive voice, like male, masculine, attractive voice when you're sick. That's That's what I figured was going on, which really just made my normal self feel very inadequate and feminine but whatever <laughs> guess that's less. I, I think we should clarify mike did get tested it's not covid for oh he shouldn't have been going and yeah you got tested it's not cove there are other illnesses outside of covid as crazy as that might sound i went to florida for two weeks and came back like this just like just like the news has been telling us what happened but no actually my <laughs> my dad got a we were staying with my family all in a small house. We know from the last episode where I was struggling to find a place to do the podcast, but my dad had a cold and it was close living quarters. And unfortunately, my immune system just lost this one, just took an L, but we'll bounce back. But the podcast has taken a W because we're, we got our rankings are up. Thanks for everyone listening. We're, we were stoked to see the podcast is doing super well. And, uh, yeah, so now we're we're back in it. We didn't have a plan for this episode, so hopefully this one doesn't ruin the entire show. But <laughs> <laughs> ruin the entire amazing streak we have going. No, I figured we'll just, you know, 
just a normal chat. We'll work some things in. If we have questions to ask each other that we kind of find interesting, we can talk about, but otherwise we can just, you know, sit down. Hey, how are you? Shoot the breeze. What's going on on your end? Going uh, going on a snowboarding trip tomorrow. Got like 12 dudes going on this snowboarding trip to Colorado, going to, going to Breckenridge, which should be fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very, very excited about it. You, you like snowboarding. Yeah, I do like snowboarding. I, uh, I'm not that good at it, but like I enjoy it a lot. We've even mentioned like going to the mountains at some point, business trip, whatever. And anytime I'm like, I, anytime I say skiing, you're like, yeah, snowboarding would be really fun. <laughs> I'm terrible at snowboarding and skiing just feels easy to me. So I'd rather do skiing that. Skiing is much easier. It's much, it's, it's all fun, but skiing is much, much easier, you know, cause you're just, you're standing and it's easier to balance on skis than it is on a snowboard. Also turning on a snowboard is so much hard. It's not really as intuitive as you'd think. And, uh, when you like catch an edge, sometimes it'll just fall down so fast. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I've snowboarded like eight times going back to the fifth grade and it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You like fall, you're like falling on your tailbone or you fall forward and then your wrists are all jammed up. And did I tell you when I was on a date, when I snowboarding for my first ever time, I was on a date <laughs> and it was so bad. Like I was so bad at snowboarding. I was in Colorado. I was in Snowmass. Uh, this girl had like her family had a house in Snowmass. So we went to Snowmass and hang on, hang on. How, how old were you? 24. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I was. I thought you said your first date. I was no, imagining no. This like, was a like, this okay. was a date first with date a girl. With, yeah, I got like it. early got on it. in the relationship, and uh, and she was like, "Have you snowboarded before?" And I was like, "No, but like I'll, I'll probably be fine." Just because I assumed like I'm pretty athletic. Like I usually pick things up relatively easily, and snowboarding was just different. It was very very hard, and I'll never forget one part of the trip. One of the hardest parts about snowboarding is when you have skis and you have the poles, if there's a long stretch of flat ground, you're fine because you can use the poles to push you across that flat ground. With snowboarding, you got to try and pick up speed ahead of time so that you can make your and your way across that flat ground. And if you don't, number one, if you can't pick up the speed, maybe you're scared to pick up the speed. Maybe you don't know that you have a big stretch of flat ground coming. Like this is my first time ever in this mountain. Like I, I had never been there before. So I had no idea I needed to pick up speed before this long stretch of flat ground. So not only did I pick up not enough speed, but I also went into the, like towards the, the woods where the snow was so soft and fluffy that I just sunk. In me, I sunk immediately and I went down like a foot and a half and this girl is just watching me struggle to climb out of this snowbank for like 25 minutes where I try and get up and I try and stand up and boom, fall over. Just get up, fall over, boom, fall over. It was just, it was awful. So needless to say, that relationship didn't work out. She's like, how is, how is this man going to protect me against all the evil in the world when this, you can't even move on the snowboard? pitiful excuse for a man, like just absolutely <laughs> awful. Yeah. So that was not the most fun experience. <laughs> that, that's very funny. And, and you're 100% right. It's so much easier on skis, even without poles, because you can just like skate. Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Like, and uh, yeah. And snowboard i feel like it was hard to get my my boots locked in so then you're in this awkward you're either jumping or like you got one foot out and you're like yeah oh yeah when you're trying to get off the lift that's always super awkward Uh because you're trying to get off the lift you have one foot out 
and then like it's slipping on the board and like you're trying to snowboard down this little like tiny little like uh uh bunny hill when you get off the lift and you're trying to do it and get out of the way for the next people coming and you just feel super rushed and you end up falling over (laughs) then you're afraid you're gonna get run over (laughs) i feel like there could be some good stand-up comedy about that you know like the uh the anxiety that you feel as you're about to get off the lift for the first time i can already feel it creeping in for the snowboard trip maybe i'm gonna cancel the trip i'm not going (laughs) you're absolutely gone you you thrive in the face of that nervous energy uh, have you, do you have any stand up comedy in your near future? Cause I know you, you have done a little in the past. I would like to, it's just, it takes a lot of time to develop a routine that would actually be worthwhile to get on stage. And I don't think I'm in the the place where I'm like, all right, I want to sit down and develop this routine. And, you know, I've got a baby on the way and I have other stuff I'm trying to do. And I keep convincing myself from the start making reels and I haven't made any reels yet. I bought all of this, this equipment. I bought a shake weight. I bought a Jawser size. Have you seen that commercial? Like to, to, I bought a Jawser sizer. I bought this, like this hula hoop. That's like a fake hula hoop. But like I bought, I bought all of this stuff to make funny reels for, for social media. And I haven't made anything yet. I haven't made one thing. So I'm trying to get get that done before I start uh, venturing into stand-up comedy just yet. Life ebbs and flows, man. Like you make you make a solid amount of content. I make a solid amount of content and all I make <laughs> is this podcast. <laughs> Only half of it. <laughs> um, no, but really there's there's I know you don't need a don't beat yourself up over not making reels yet pep talk from me. But uh, for anyone listening, <laughs> the real like, king just, over here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let me tell you something about content, Jordan. <laughs> um, it's just it's funny because you can you can go from three posts a day, working eighteen hours a day, to like you know a wife and a baby on the way, and and like even even I see your shift toward more focus on your own health and. Uh, you know, your own cardio, your own performance, your own jujitsu. Like I see that shift and uh, it's cool. It's cool that we as humans get to pick and we, we especially given like the industry that we chose and the, and the opportunities we've had that we're in a position where we get to choose the type of balance and how we spend our time and what our priorities are. And it's, it's a, it's a great opportunity. I saw a Hormozy clip yesterday that if it if I had watched it five years ago, it would have spoken so loudly to me. He was, was talking it the one about hard work. Yeah, it was the one about uh-huh. basically talking about how like he he just all he he wants to do is work. That's when he's the most happy. And you and know, I was, you know I you know I sent this to you ten days ago, right? Really. It was yeah, like that. Go, oh yeah, scroll up. It was when I first got to Florida. Jordan doesn't l- look at any of my links that I sent him. He's just like, oh, eight minute YouTube video. Like, no thanks. From OTR, can't be that good. No, I use I watch your links, but this one I didn't watch. But yeah, it was that like how the fit, how the industry like lied to you. I forget what the title was, but yeah, it was Hormozy talking about how how all he wants to do all the time is work. And five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, I was like, yeah, like just want to work all the time. Work, work, work. That's where I'm the most happy. And then me watching this clip yesterday, I was like, that sounds so unappealing to me right now. And, and, every, and I had this like mini seven minute 
cognitive dissonance, mini crisis in my head being like, should I be like that? Should I be working more? Like, should that, should I be spending all my time working? And I had to remind myself, I was like, man, that life has all these different seasons to it. And just because for, for one person, that's like where they're the happiest doesn't mean that it has to be that for you. And like, and he was talking about how he's, it was almost like, I almost don't know if how much I believed the clip and how much, like, I didn't, he said something to the effect of, man, I tried spending all of my money and I just have so much money, I couldn't spend all of it. And I was like, number one, that's sort of a douchey thing to say. <laughs> number two, I was like, if you really wanted to spend your money, it's not that hard to like, I don't know, buy a jet or like a yacht, like if, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, go to like real, like, like things that have an eight figure sticker on them. Yeah. And buy them. Like it's not, if you really wanted to spend all your money, you, it's not that difficult. You know what I <laughs> Give mean? Give me your money. <laughs> I'll, I'll spend your money for you. <laughs> so as soon as he said that, then I was like, yeah, I mean, I bet this guy just really, he really enjoys his work, which is, that's the best part. But best place to be. That's the mm -hmm. best where like where what you do is what you love. But and I, I that's where I was for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. But now I'm in this place where I'm like, I want to do just enough to keep where I'm at, but I don't want to put in the extra work on top of that. I'd rather and like listen, like you and I have both spoken about how we pulled all nighters, we stayed up way too late, like we we sacrificed friendships and relationships in order to work bust our ass for the better part of a decade. Mm -hmm. But now it's just like I don't want to do that right now. And if I want to in the future, I know how to, like, I know what I need to do. But for right now, I'm like, I'd rather not. Like, I'm okay, you know, spending more time on my own health and fitness. I'm okay spending more time with my wife. I'm okay, like, sleeping in a little bit and, and, and that being okay, you know? It's like Pat Flynn said, or has told us many times when he's like, yeah, like, how's business? You know, not setting any PRs, but like, it's it's exactly where he wants it to be, or at that time where he, exactly where he wanted it to be, because he was focusing time and energy on other things, and that's the beauty of it. That's the choice. That's also the choice that, because I actually do believe, you know, when when Alex was talking about basically selling businesses and then having massive net worth and having uh like true passive income like coming in from businesses that he isn't actively participating in but are running themselves at this point um and then to not have anything to have to do i can understand how that would lead certain people into a place of like unhappiness compared to the happiness they derive from doing work that they love and enjoy um, and, and I'm with you. You know, what's funny that clip spoke to me and that clip would not have spoke to me a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. But for some reason it was like, because I've, I have worked less hard in the last few years than I did in the three, four, five, six, seven years prior to that. Mm -hmm. And we talk about seasons like life ebbs and flows. We're not going to make any promises here on this podcast, <laughs> here on episode, where are we at? 68, 69, something like that. But, you know, I'm glad you feel good with the amount you're doing. And by the way, the amount you're doing is a lot. Like, it's not a lot relative to what you're doing in 2017, but it's still a lot. Like, number of podcasts you're doing a week, you know, mentorship challenges, planning, Q&As, doing this podcast weekly, making Instagram, like... You might inner not be circle. working as much as you yeah. were it, it, of the entire inner circle every single month, all the Q and A's there. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> don't sell me short. <laughs> but 
to to then spend time with your family and spend time folk weird like family and your own health like mm. yeah, what yeah. a terrible way to spend your time <laughs> like that's it's great it is funny though how it's easy to fall into that like comparison trap where like you watch other people and what they're doing and it's like it's funny because 10 years ago if if i had said like if if you had told me in 10 years 10 years ago that i would be where i am today i'd be like there's no way like if if you had told me 10 years ago that i am where i am today i'd be like then i'll i'll be I'll be completely content, right? Like that'll be perfect. But that's never how it works, right? It's it's always like in the present moment, there's always the comparison. There's always looking, well, maybe I should be doing this. Maybe I should be doing that. And I think actually coming to terms with that is part of understanding like that's just the human condition where it's like people always say, well, don't compare, don't compare. It's like, no, it's normal to compare. Just don't let that comparison cause you to change the action that you know is right. Like for me, going all in on work right now, or, or doing more than I already am and sac- like working out less or doing jujitsu less or spending time, less time with my wife in order to make more reels is not where, <laughs> where I need to be, you know? Correct. But for other people, it is where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all, it's all based on where you're at right now, what you want, where you want to go. I don't, yes, some level of comparison is normal, but you're comparing based on impartial information. Mm. You're only comparing based on what you see and what you see is what that person shows for, for any person. So sure you can compete on like metrics and engagement and what like that kind of stuff, or you could even compete on money to an extent or compete on like certain things along that nature. But you, you don't know someone's life in detail. You don't know, like holistically how they feel, how happy they are, how much meaning they're driving. Like you don't know their mental state. You only know a sliver of it, Mm -hmm. which is why I love that from JP's first book, the compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. It's such a good rule. And uh, because you don't know, like the the multimillionaire driving the Ferrari, like you don't know that their 12-year-old daughter doesn't talk to them anymore because they weren't around for the entire six years. Like you don't know all of these things. And and so, yeah, I, I, I really like that self-comparison and then self-comparison on the metrics that matter to you. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and like we're talking about when health and personal relationships are prioritized and I'm even starting to compete with myself a little, my previous self a little bit and be like, okay, like maybe I should step up business a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't just rely on Jordan to like sell this book. And maybe I should make my first piece of real content on my own. And who knows how many months, dozens, <laughs> that'd probably be a good thing, you know? And, and, but, but that's not because Joe Schmo down the block on Instagram is getting this many follow likes or whatever. It's because I know who I have been and what I have been doing and, and based on where I want to go, it's me versus me. Yeah. And I think I've, I think I've always naturally internalized that you, like, I think you think of you versus you as a little bit more of a meme. Like it's a yeah. cool idea, but whereas I actually like compete against my previous self. Yeah. You're very good at that. You're very good at like competing with yourself. Whereas I get competitive against other people usually. Which is also good. It just depends on the circumstance. Yeah. 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 Pros and cons. (laughs) This is a fun episode. I'm feeling it. What else? So, so, uh, 
yesterday I was doing a Q&A and someone asked in my Q&A, they said, I'm genuinely curious if you make money from social media or just from inner circle slash clients. So these types of questions, I'm always like curious as to whether or not I should answer them. Like if some people ask like, how much do you pay in rent or something like that? And I never answer those questions. I usually like make a funny joke about it. I usually say like, do you want to know my social security number as well? Something like that. Um, but for this type of question, I like how this woman asked it because she was asking how I make money. And I thought that would be an interesting topic to discuss in the podcast. And because I think there's also huge misunderstandings, like how people actually make money. So especially like online personal trainers or people with a, a bigger audience. So I said the first bullet point, I said, Instagram doesn't pay for people, doesn't pay people for likes or views or engagement. So I make zero dollars from Instagram. I think this is really important for people to understand. <laughs> Bless you, Mike. Um, Thank you. Be, no one on Instagram is making money. <laughs> Bless you, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. In, the Instagram or Facebook or Meta or whatever we call it now, it, it, no one's paying them because they have a lot of a, lar a large audience. Like Instagram doesn't pay that person because of that. So I make zero money from that. Nobody does. And I also said I don't do paid posts either. So I make zero dollars from that. This is something that's important to cover because there are many people who do paid posts and. Um, and this was actually, actually, I'll talk about that at the end, but I think we'll talk about paid posts at the end. We'll talk about that after, but I don't do paid posts either. So I make, I make $0 just from Instagram. Let's, let's, let's go, let's go in on that right now, actually. I All like right. that. So we'll go in on paid posts for a second. So basically, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about in relation to paid posts was after I made this post, this actual post got a large amount of engagement, a lot of replies, which I didn't expect. Mm. A lot of people saying like, I had no idea. This is so interesting. I actually got a lot of signups to the inner circle just from this post, which was funny because I didn't put a link up to the inner circle in this post. I didn't say you can join here and support me here. All I said was that like, I just gave my complete breakdown of how I make my income and I'll, I'll read the rest of the, the story later. But in terms of paid posts, I got a lot of people saying, this makes so much sense as to why I'm so engaged with your content and I'm not engaged with anyone else in the fitness industry's content because so many other fitness influencers, if you want to call them that, so much of their income is based off of paid posts. And when your content is based off of paid posts, another company paying you money in order to promote their product, you're not going to do what is truly relevant to your audience. You're only going to do what is relevant to you making that money. And you might try and cater it to them as best as you can, but it's not truly authentic. It can't be. Just by definition, you're getting paid for that. It can't be truly authentic because there's a, another reason behind it. And it's not to say making money is bad, and it's not to say doing paid posts is bad. But I know Mike and I are very much on the same page when I say neither of us do paid posts because it doesn't fit with what we want to get across. Um, and I got so many people saying this makes so much sense as to why I I am so interactive and engaged by your content because so many other people I see are just constantly doing paid posts. Like swipe up here, click this here, use my code here, da-da-da-da-da. It, it's just, it takes up so much of other people's content that they actually don't even get to know the person that well because it's just so much of the content is about getting paid. So I don't make any money from paid posts either. Yeah. Paid posts, advertising. I mean, you see it in sponsorships. You see it in clothing stuff. You see it. A lot of big podcasts have a few sponsors on the podcast. You even see it on YouTube, not only with pre-rolls, but you'll see like in the video, this video was brought to you by Audible. Like here's mm -hmm. my code. And that person's probably getting a, a fixed amount for the video or possibly a fixed amount plus a percent of each sign up to Audible with their code. Um, but you're right. It 
I've actually come the other way. I wrote an, an article in 2015 that said why I don't do affiliate marketing or something along those lines. And it was for all the reasons you just mentioned, because I'm, I won't be impartial. If a company is paying me to promote their product, I'm, I can't be a hundred and other people would say, oh yes, you can, you can be a hundred percent honest, but it's, it's really hard to be a hundred percent honest mm-hmm. when, when that's happening, especially because you have deals with the company. Like what if I like this company's like this product, but I don't like this other product. Maybe you can say it. Sure. But I was staunch. I was a, an idealist is what I would have called myself. I've come to the realization that there are only so many ways that you can monetize attention that are scalable. So the ways you can monetize attention that don't require hiring a team, having employees, which which is not something I'm interested in. And you and I have had conversations about this over the past few weeks. And uh, like membership is a great option for, you know, you can really help a lot of people and make a, a nice living doing it. Um, and it's scalable. You don't need to like hire out a team of coaches or you don't need to hire out salespeople or what whatever. Um, but even though, so so there's a cost benefit, right? To to affiliate stuff, to mm-hmm. to paid posts, you you weaken your connection with your audience, and you're a little bit less authentic. But it's also a revenue opportunity. So you don't do paid posts. Yeah, I don't do paid posts. So zero dollars from Instagram, zero dollars for paid posts. Um, Facebook doesn't pay people for likes, views, or engagement, so I make zero dollars from Facebook. I also don't do paid posts on Facebook. Twitter doesn't pay people for likes, views, or engagement, so I don't make any money from Twitter. I also don't do paid posts. Um, podcast does not pay people for listens or downloads, and I don't do any paid advertisements for my podcast on either this podcast with Mike or on my own podcast. This has been something that over the last few years, I've gotten a lot of requests for, uh, I've gotten a lot, a lot, a lot of requests for, and even Mike and I, when we first started this podcast several years ago, we had discussed potentially doing it if we found the right company that we were okay, like including that something that made sense. Nothing's made sense. There's been nothing that's made sense to like include on this podcast as a paid post. And same thing on my podcast. I think one of the the main benefits that we have on this podcast and also on my own personal <coughs> podcast, bless you, Mike, is Thanks. that people really listen the whole way through. <laughs> yep. Bless you. Mike, you are what, what my mom calls a series sneezer, where like you don't just sneeze once, like you sneeze several times in a row. Yeah. My mom will sneeze like seven times in a row. Um, yeah. So when you have a group of people who are, you're about to sneeze, I see it. I can see it on no, the way. Nope, no? Oh, nope. okay. <laughs> when when you have a group of people who listen to you talk for 30, 45, 60 minutes, you don't want to give that up for a few hundred bucks or even necessarily for a few thousand bucks as your audience grows. Like that's not something you want to take for granted. It's so easy to look at some of these, what these companies might pay you a a couple, a couple hundred, a couple grand, whatever it is, but you don't realize how much you're missing out on for that couple of thousand. And, and it's so easy to take for granted that you have, I don't know, 50, a hundred, 1200, 5,000 people listening to you for an hour straight what that could turn into down the road is so much more than a couple thousand for a paid promotion. And this is really where people miss the forest for the trees. They get too drawn into that like short current, short term income. Like I just want the money now. I need to pay this now. Um, that's why, even though like my podcast, my own podcast, just, just passed like 5.2 million downloads. I haven't done a single paid promotion on it. It's like, and I, I probably, I won't, I don't say, I won't say I will never cause I, I might, 
If someone comes in and says, I'm going to pay you $50,000 for something that I like, actually, you know what? I probably wouldn't do that. You know what I would probably do? If someone came in and said that they wanted to pay me for like a, f- a five-year deal, that's probably what I would do is if they were going to pay me for a five-year deal for like a, a cer- basically a salary. And basically, I, I wouldn't do all right, and this episode is brought to you by, but I would say I will discuss your product whenever I want to organically in my in my podcast. I'm not going to say I'm going to talk about it in one a month because I'm not going to do that because then I have to I for, have to force myself to do it. But I will say I will I will represent your brand and I will, when it comes up organically, I'll talk about it. But you have to sign on for like a three to five year deal. And that's not a good deal for them, just so you know. Like that's not smart for them, but that's probably how I would do that. In your experience, don't all of those uh, – I've never seen a company that didn't require metrics for mentions or like stories versus feed versus YouTube versus like – I mean, I, I see Rogan like Spotify deal, but for most companies, I see them monitoring the the frequency of your mentions. Yeah. Which, which is, of course, which makes sense for them. It, ma- it makes sense for them, yeah, which is – probably why I'll probably never get one of these deals because <laughs> like, I'm not going to be, you know, they'll, they'll say things like, all right, well, how about we give you a code and this code will allow us to see how many people are using your thing. And like, I'm not doing that because I know what that is and everyone knows what that is and it's obnoxious. So it's that, like, that seems, that seems to have spread to like massively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like five years ago and I'm not, you know, you got to fill me in on what's going on on social. I'm like the grandpa who's out of the loop a little bit on a few things here, but it felt like there were fewer people with discount codes. Whereas now it feels everybody's like- got a discount code. Now everybody's got a discount code because what happened was, and I didn't realize this. I just, I just came to this realization recently. And this is like my observation of human behavior. I realized that it became a goal for people to get their own discount code. Uh, that people on social media who didn't have an audience and saw people with an audience saying like, hey, use my discount code, it became a goal for people to say, I want a discount code that I can give to my audience. So they, they can use, my, and not even necessarily for the money, but just for the perceived status of being like, oh, you can put my name in so, there. And so that, I'm just, I'm off because I see it as anti-status. Yes, correct. But like- the, I and, see, and, when, when I see discount code, I just see like, oh, you shilled, like- but, well, but but you're but you're saying that people see it as like people who have a quote unquote discount code are like a level above. I'm not saying everyone sees it like that, but there are people who they they want that because it thinks they they think it gives them status. Yeah, I see. and now companies are saying like, well, listen, let's maybe this person has a smaller audience, but it's a pretty engaged audience, so like we'll give them a discount code because it actually does make sense. And even if it's not an engaged audience, it makes sense for the company because they're not that person it's free. Yeah, usually in these deals, you're you're getting paid. You're 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 not like the company's not setting a fixed amount. I'm not giving you a thousand dollars a month. You're you're right. getting a percentage of what you can move. So it's a win win on a on a revenue basis for the company and the person selling it. If the person yeah. moves zero units of product, the company doesn't pay the person anything. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. So so yeah, so no paid posts, none of that. Whether it's podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, YouTube does pay for views if you're monetizing your YouTube, which I think you pre-rolls. probably should. Yeah, pre-rolls or even just like like uh, mid-roll, end-roll, whatever it is. Like yeah, if yeah. people are watching your videos going through your ads, YouTube does pay, pay you for that. 
I think people are massively uninformed as to how much money you actually make from YouTube. Like you need, you need to make, you need to have not only a huge audience, but you need to get real, real views in order to make a significant amount of income. Um, I have like, I haven't posted on it on YouTube in about a year or so, but when I was posting every single week for several years and I got up to like 150,000 subscribers on YouTube, it, it covered probably a little bit more than my groceries at the best time. Like it, it wasn't a tremendous New York, amount. New York City groceries. N- New York City groceries. <laughs> so not like Arkansas groceries, but like New York City groceries, which like shout it was out, a fair shout amount. Out Arkansas. Shout but out like, Arkansas. Um, yeah, one of my favorite fighters is from Arkansas, Thug Nasty. Um, <laughs> but but you know, it's 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 not enough like to cover your rent or to like it's just it's not I think people see people with a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand YouTube subs and they're thinking they're making millions from that, and they're not at all, not even close. And that's why a lot of them will put in other advertisements within the video. So not only do they have the pre-roll and the end-roll, but they'll also do other brand deals and partnerships in their YouTube videos, which I never do as well. Like I don't do that stuff because um, it takes away from the purpose of the video. So the the last bullet point that I have in this answer is my income is almost solely from my inner circle for those looking for help with my workouts, nutrition, mindset, et cetera, and my online fitness business mentorship for coaches looking to become better coaches and build their businesses. That is it. And and the one of the reasons this is so important is because when you aren't giving up that short term, when, when you're not like giving up quality in order to make short term money, you actually on the back end make more money because people are trusting you more. They're engaged with your content more and, and they want to support you more. The fact that I got a, a, a actually mind blowing amount of signups just from this post shows me that people literally just want to support me just because I'm not giving up for those, like for those quick fixes for that, like that brand deal, just to make a quick couple thousand dollars. It's, and people will do the same for you. Um, so I think it's important not to miss the forest for the trees and just go for the quick brand deal to make a couple extra hundred bucks. Yeah. You're building goodwill. You're building rapport with your audience. You're jab, 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 jabbing over time. And, and then you're basically just building tension around that ask, which is going to lead to more signups when you do ask. Yeah. Ra- rather than continuing to extract, 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 be it through continually hard selling or be it through, uh, you know, promoting other products, doing paid posts, having advertisements on everything. Yeah. You know, and- if, if a software company came to us and was like, we'll give you three grand per episode to, to run a 30 second ad spot for our online personal training software because you guys have this many people listening and blah, 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 lots of coaches, or even we'd give you 10,000 per episode, 5K each for this episode. Say absolutely not, because Jordan and I don't believe in using software for running an online coaching system. That's not what we teach. That's not what we have everyone in the mentorship doing. We have them building their system themselves. We don't have them outsourcing it. So because we don't believe in this, we're not going to promote this. Unless you offer us a million each, then we could change our stance. <laughs> there is an amount in which I would sell my soul to you. You're just not there yet. <laughs> but but really, it it you know, within reason, it leads to more money 
over, over, you know, if you're going to quit, if you're going to switch industries, if you're going to like you, if, if all you want to do is extract the maximal amount of money and not care about ethics in any way, and then you're going to bounce and your reputation doesn't matter because in two years you're going to be the fricking the guy who's, you know, selling who knows what in a completely unrelated space and you're rebranding, you're under a different name, whatever. Sure. Go ahead and sell your soul and, and try and sleep at night and try and lay your head on the pillow at night. But for most people, uh, for basically everyone that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's exactly right. Should we talk about how people should make it like different revenue sources? So if, if we're not huge fans of paid posts, which by the way, like if you want to do paid posts, that's fine. I have a lot of friends and colleagues who do paid posts. It's not like it's bad and, and we like look down on you if you do it. But I, I think a lot I of do. people- I look down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the biggest issue is that um, it could change what you actually believe. It's not going to be actually authentic to you. And- you're going to end up missing out on on money that could have been made in a better way and probably more money down the road. You you don't make real like how, how much for someone with a small audience how much are you really going to see offered for a paid post? Some of the offers I've gotten to do like product reviews on YouTube are so insane to me. It's like, hey, we'll give you $300 to make a whole video about this product. And <laughs> like, I don't think people understand. Think about this. If you charge $250, which is a very reasonable amount, like a very reasonable amount for one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you charge $250 a month and you help a client for a year, that's three grand yeah. for, one, for one client. Yeah. One coaching client. Like- and and you can build, we talked about this in the last episode, you can build a real online coaching business on not a huge audience. You can't build big affiliate marketing on a small audience. Like Correct. You're, you're really just in this short term, it's sacrifice. It's putting in work in the short term to derive the long-term benefit. But But this is the opposite of sacrifice. You are wanting to get paid right now to make this post when the amount you're getting paid is not worth it. But yes, let's let's talk about different revenue streams. So I, I know one of the most common questions is, is, well, should I do, should I do like eBooks or should I do courses or, or any of that stuff? Which if you had asked that question about 12 to 15 years ago, that would have been a very reasonable revenue stream. I think that would have been a really good idea. But as of right now, I don't think it's smart at all. I mean, people, there are people who sell eBooks and there are some eBooks that do really well, but in order to, to make a lot of money off of some type of a product like that, you need a lot of people buying it. it that, that model is based off of you having a large audience and a large amount of people who are willing to buy something like that. It doesn't work if you've got like 20 people buying it. You know, like it's, you got a product for $40 that you got 20 people buying, like that's great, but how many new products are going to be able to put out that, that are going to generate a significant amount of revenue over the course of your career? There's probably not many unless your audience grows dramatically. Yeah. And 20 times 40, 800 bucks. How long did it take you to create that product? How long did it take you to set up the launch plan for that product? How long did it take you to launch that product? Add up all those hours, take the 800 in revenue divided by those hours. What was your hourly on that product? What could you have been doing with your time? What was the opportunity cost of the hours you spent on that product? Like, I completely agree. We're we're in a a time when eBooks don't make a lot of sense. Subscription services are just I like them in terms of how they deliver value, and I also like them in terms of 
the way the business is run, right? You're not constantly trying to sell and constantly trying to convince people you're providing a great service for people. And then there isn't that like re-up, buy my next ebook, buy my next ebook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, and that brings up the next question, which is, you know, should you do a membership, right? People are like, well, I want to do one-on-one, but I want to do a membership in which obviously like I'm a big fan of memberships because I have one in the inner circle. You and I have one in the the online fitness business mentorship, which if you're not in that, what are you doing? Link in the description, in the show notes, if you want to join. <laughs> but the thing about memberships is that's another one where you need an audience. Like you need a, a relatively large audience in order to make that worthwhile. Uh, especially like if you're earlier on in your career, even if you're not, and you just don't have that large of an audience, what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up giving one-on-one coaching to people for less money, right? So if you charge like pe- pe- one of the major reasons people think they want to do a, a membership is because like, well, I can charge less money. People don't buy something just because it doesn't cost as much. Like that's, that's not why people buy something. They buy something because they, they buy your coaching, they buy your program because they like you and they want to work with you. So whether you do a membership that's $10 a month or $20 a month or online coaching that's $300 a month, people are going to buy it. But if you take a, a membership that you're charging, I don't know, 20 bucks a month for, and you get, you get 20 people signing up for it, 30 people signing up for it, 40 people signing up for it. Now you're, you're essentially going to be giving a tremendous amount of coaching to those people. Whereas if you had taken on 10 people at 300 a month, you're going to be giving literally the exact same service and making more money. And you're actually giving a, probably a better service because it's easier to give 10 people great one-on-one coaching than it is to give 20 people or 30 or 40 people. And not to mention, you're not going to resent them because they're paying you 300 a month. Whereas if you have people in your membership for $20 a month that you're essentially giving one-on-one coaching to because you're trying to get the best service, you're going to end up resenting them because they're only paying you $20 a month. Whereas your online coaching clients are paying you 300 a month. So the the first thing that you should really build is your one-on-one online coaching. From there, you can go into membership if you want to down the road. But for a sustainable, w- wonderful job that provides an amazing living, one-on-one is is definitely the best place to go. Yeah, and and you're right. When when you're at a place where you've built out your one-on-one, maybe you've been doing it for a number of years. Maybe you're not enjoying it as much anymore. Maybe you want to make more money, but you can't take on more one-on-one clients because you're at your capacity for what you feel like is the top end of clients you can work with and give a good service to, then starting to build your your membership makes sense. But starting with your membership for the reasons you just mentioned does not. Yeah. And and then let's talk about other options, right? So, you know, apparel, like, okay, do you mm. want to do, do you high cost of goods, low margin? Uh, is it really something you're passionate about? Like, is it really something you're good at? You, you know, you might be a great coach and you might really know your shit when it comes to training and nutrition and psychology, but what do you know about fashion? Like, does it make sense to go into a, a product line, into a space just because you see an opportunity there without passion and expertise? Um, and then you could say, okay, well, I don't want all that responsibility. I don't want all that cost. Maybe I'll just uh, try to get a sponsorship for for clothing or for anything, right? We were just talking about paid posts. Um, you really do need a, a good-sized audience to make a, a meaningful amount of revenue from any kind of affiliate. Like If you even decide that you want to take the short-term cash, you want to do brand deals, you need a solid – you need like a big and engaged audience to get a, offers for big enough brand deals that they could even come close to comparing with the revenue that you would do from coaching or from a membership. Yeah. The the only 
one of the reasons we're such big fans of one-on-one, but I would say that the only types of coaching or types of revenue in this industry that you don't need a large audience to make a tremendous income off of are one-on-one and small group coaching. Yeah. Those are the two best options for people. If you, if you really want to build a, a business that generates a significant amount of income, helps a lot of people, and you don't need a large audience for, uh, in terms of apparel, it's funny. I'm not doing apparel on the inner circle anymore because the company that, that was doing it actually shifted gears and they're not doing it anymore. But for many years when the inner circle had apparel, I had made zero dollars from it because what happened is the amount of money that I would, that the company charged me to make the shirts and to, to ship them and to store them and all that, I essentially charged with the cost. So like the, the cost of all of that is, is what each shirt costs. So the only people who could get the shirts and the gear were inner circle members, but I made zero money for it. And I made sure they knew that I was like, you're, um, you're paying like $17 for the shirt and all of that money is going directly to the company in order to store the short t- shirt, to make the shirt, ship the shirt, all of that. And so that was my deal is like, I'm not trying to make more money off this apparel. I just want to have inner circle members have the ability to, to get this apparel so they feel more connected with it and so that they can enjoy it and and, and be, feel proud of it. But it, I mean, it was I'm all, not trying to f- make- It was like a cool perk to being a member that they could get access to that shirt and you were doing them a solid. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to try and build like another revenue stream to increase my profits by 30%. Correct. Exactly. Um, and I will say, I think if, if you're thinking about like, well, which the, what's the best, or I do want to add another revenue stream. I will say having your own clothing brand is definitely, I think a better option than doing paid posts for someone else's brand, right? Where it's like, I, I think if you have, if you have a good audience and you have a good amount of revenue and you want to start something else, like you're passionate about trying something, I think making your own shirts, your own pants, or your own gym clothes, your own gym gear, water bottles, uh, re- towels, whatever it is, I think that is a much better option than repping someone else's brand or, or doing paid posts or getting a discount code for someone else's brand, because that's still you and people will still want to support you. And you could have your own creative process in it and, and have your own like inside jokes as a part of it and, and have your own brand as a result of it. But, um, I still think, and we could talk about small group coaching as well. If like for people who might not want to only do one-on-one, I think one-on-one and small group are the best places to go. One thing on clothes, I would if it was something I was already wearing, because I don't want, I don't want to put the time and the effort and the creativity and the design and to make the stuff. If Target came to me and was like, "We'll give you five k a month to wear our white t-shirts, our white crew neck <laughs> shirts," I'd be like, "Sweet, I'm already doing that." And like, I didn't have to promote a code, but just wear it in all my content, mention it, link in description, whatever. I would do that. Yeah, if Alpha. If if Christian Guzman. DM me and was like, Hey, I'll give you 10 K a month to wear my joggers in your videos. I'd be like, cool. That's all I wear on my legs anyway. So yeah, I, I'd be good with that. But if it's like a, a new company whose stuff I don't rock and like, you got to wear this, you got to shout out or you got to have your discount code. You got to do all that. I, no, thank you. Yeah. And they're like, you have to do like four feed posts a month, just pushing this. It's like, oh, absolutely not. It's like, buddy, I don't do four feed posts a month. And that's, I bet if Christian Guzman said, I'll give you 10 K a month to do four feed posts a month. Absolutely you'd be like, not. No, no shot. No, no. Even though you but, wear it already. But when I make, <laughs> I'll wear your joggers when I do my podcasts, that's <laughs> what I'll do. <laughs> Which are not going on YouTube, by the way, so no one can see them anyway. Actually. uh, Potentially. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Big things are coming in 2022. Potentially. Yeah, we'll see. Getting a new office space for myself. So 
That's awesome. Might have some business trips down here. We we got we got big things coming for this podcast and uh, and for many other avenues. Although you know the, what we go ahead. I was gonna say the last thing I, I want to hit on um, because a lot of people do ask about small group coaching or just group coaching in general, and it is a very viable source of revenue. And you don't need a large audience to do it. Um, we have people in the mentorship doing this on a pretty frequent basis, where they have. They have a small number of one-on-one clients, somewhere between like 10 to 20 one-on-one clients. And then every couple of months, they're in a group. And this group is lower cost than one-on-one coaching. And it could be like uh, $50 a month, $100 a month, whatever it is, but it's relatively low cost compared to one-on-one. But then they could get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people in this small group that they run every every couple of months. And it's not one-on-one coaching. It's a, it's a group program that they all do together. Uh, oftentimes it's done in a Facebook group, but that's another tremendous way to utilize a smaller audience and still make a significant amount of income from it and help a lot of people that without needing to, to ruin your brand or without needing to sacrifice your brand, it can can actually help strengthen your brand and allow you to work with more people. And a lot of the people who take part in these challenges will probably become one-on-one clients as well. Great. You know what we got to do right now? We got to we gotta film the challenge. We have to. The March challenge. The March challenge. We've already got it planned and we just got to jump on, create it, get it uploaded. So today's a big work day. We got the podcast in. Thank you very much for listening. We, you know, a review, a five-star review would really help the podcast. If you have just two minutes right now and you want to stop, pull your phone out, give us a little five-star, write something nice, say hello in the, in the review. We read the reviews. We would really appreciate that. And yeah, thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Have a great one.